All right, partners, keep on rolling, baby. Fred Durst says the members of Limp Bizkit were never really friends. Plus, Atreyu is apparently looking for a new vocalist, and that brand new Chris Cornell statue was unfortunately vandalized over the weekend in Seattle. We got a lot to get to today. Stick with us. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Rockfeed. Thanks so much for joining us today. And every day, if you're new here, please consider subscribing with notifications on so you don't miss out on updates about your favorite bands. Plus, it's the one thing you can do that's completely free to support this show, keeps us going, tells YouTube you like us, and it'll show our videos to more people and then we can get you more news. All right, before we get to this Limp Biscuit story, I wanna talk about some news regarding Atreyu. Apparently the group has parted ways with their frontman, uh, Alex, the vocalist of Atreyu, and he is responding to those reports. There was a story over the weekend from Lambgoat that alleged as much, saying that sources connected to the band do, uh, do confirm that he is out of the group, and we're gonna show you a response from him. But first, let's take a look at this Lambgoat report. All right, so here you have it. It says that Atreyu has parted ways with him, the co-founder and vocalist of California Metalcore Alternative Metal Outfit. Atreyu has exited the group. Uh, while no confirmation has been made, Lambgoat can now confirm the news. Their drummer and co-vocalist Brandon Soller will presumably handle vocals going forward, and uh, time will tell, of course. And Alex is speaking out about this on his Instagram. He's made a couple different posts about this, and uh, he's not happy with the news reports about this, but he stopped short of denying the news about him being out of the band. He called it fake news, but it's unclear what part of that uh, would be fake. Obviously with these situations, it's unfortunate. There's a lot about this that of course we don't know, and this can be difficult on everybody involved. Here's what Alex had to say on in his Instagram. So he posted, I'm not dead and I'm not for sale. Don't believe the hype, Stone Temple Pilots, great song, fake news, 41520, false narrative. Um, so in the comments there were people who were asking questions like, so you ain't leaving? And uh, Alex responded and said, interesting stuff. Did you know those news sites don't care about you or me? They just want clicks. Even if a part of the story is true and another part isn't, they don't care as long as people click. I love Matt Skiba. His lyrics and voice have been a big influence and Nick Hippa is a dang prince among regular people. Whatever he wants to do is rad. I think we need a super group, which would be awesome. Uh, well, they are super. I'm a pain in the ass. So first of all, to his point about the news sites, he says the news sites don't care about you or me. They just want the clicks. Now, first of all, he has every right to be frustrated about a news article coming out about his band, uh, of which he doesn't agree with. But to say that news sites don't care about the bands they cover or their fans, I think is unfair. First of all, the fans, like he says, that follow these sites, they're providing a service. It's not their job to be like a fan club for bands. It's their job to give them information about the bands that they care about that's relevant to the bands. So membership changes in a band to me would be a reasonable endeavor for a news operation to publish. If a member of a big band is no longer a member of that band, I do think that it's fair. Now, if that's inaccurate and that's untrue, then he should say as much. If it's not true, then it is fake news, as he mentioned, and he has every right to correct the record. But 
he sort of stopped short of doing that. And so I think that he's more so referring to maybe the part that the drummer will be handling vocal duties. Maybe there's more to this than we know. Maybe there's another guy involved that we don't know. And we'll probably never know, to be honest with you. But Alex is an immense talent. And he is obviously um, a, a really, he, he was a game changer. You know, when Atreyu first came around, they ch they did change the, the scope of metalcore forever. Uh, whether you like that band or not, I personally love their music, but maybe they're trying to work things out. I, I hope they do. And if they don't though, I think that both parties involved will be fine. Alex is an amazing talent and he'll go on to do great things in whatever he chooses to do. And this is what he did say. He's already talking about starting a new project. He posted this this morning. So the baby's here, I'm pumped up, I got so much creative energy, I, I just need an outlet. I'm thinking about starting a super heavy band, some sick Swedish riffs, some super heavy breakdowns, and some screaming from yours truly. What do you guys think about that? Comment below. So obviously I'm all in on that. Let them know what you think in the comments. You can check them out on Instagram and it'll be very exciting to see moving forward what he does with any new projects. And you know, let's know, obviously it doesn't seem like we can rule anything out with Atreyu in the future as well. So I hope everything works out well for all those guys involved. These sort of things are never easy to deal with. All right, moving on. So over the last several weeks in Seattle, there have been a lot of protests. There have been some riots. There's been businesses that have been damaged, vandalisms, things like that. And unfortunately, Chris Cornell's statue has found itself in the crosshairs of those who are committing those vandalisms in the Seattle area. And Seattle's KIRO7 News reported that his statue was covered in paint over the weekend and is seriously damaged, which is just absolutely heartbreaking to hear. Now, his wife, Vicki Cornell, is devastated by the news, and she says she cried and her children cried when they learned of this sickening act that happened to the statue and she released a statement uh, about this vandalism but first we've got a picture here of what kiro uh, news posted by way of louder sound so here it is you can see let me close this you can see that it has been completely painted white over the weekend it says this is what chris cornell's statue looks like in front of seattle's museum of pop culture somebody apparently vandalized the statue of the late soundgarten frontman by painting it white and so his wife vicky uh, released a statement that said, my children and I are heartbroken to learn of the vandalism of Chris's statue at the Museum of Pop Culture in Seattle. The statue is not only a work of art, but a tribute to Chris, his incomparable musical legacy and everything that he stood for. It represents Chris, who is not only in, who is beloved not only in Seattle, but worldwide. In the face of this hate and destruction, we are thankful once again that the fans who stood up to support him and showed such immense love, it lifted our hearts to hear that fans brought supplies and attempt to clean the heartbreaking vandalism. This statue will be restored. restored. Hate will not win. Chris is Seattle's son, and she's absolutely right. I can't think of any good reason why somebody would want to vandalize Chris Cornell's statue. Just garbage situation there. Um, but we're going to leave it at that. Again, um, I'm sure there are ways that you can help out restoring the statue if you're out in that region. Um, and you can probably reach out to the Museum of Pop Culture if you wish to do so. All right, and here's some fun news. So there's a guy named Milton Alexander on TikTok. Uh, his handle is at Milton.Alexander. And he performed a cover of Slipknot's Duality but it's not like what you're used to hearing. This is transforming it into 
a country music cover. I thought this, I really enjoyed this. I thought you guys would like it too. Here's a little bit of that. You can check the full thing out over on TikTok. I push my fingers into my eyes. It's the only thing that slowly stops the aim. It's so good. And it's made of all the things. Yeah, man. You should, you should actually look into writing some real country music if you're not already. But uh, that, that is cool. I like that. I'd love to see more of that, man. Shout out to you. That's, that's killer. All right, and moving on. Limp Bizkit frontman Fred Durst probably doesn't get the credit that he deserves. My friend Finn over at the Punk Rock NBA has a great video out giving some credit to Fred Durst for a lot of his contributions and his really uncredited wisdom and genius that he has uh, for the music industry. But let's talk about... Uh, Fred Durst in this new interview over at Metal Hammer. He rarely does interviews, but when he does, they are very substantive and interesting. And this one is interesting. He's talking about the early days uh, of Limp Biscuit, and he points out, he says that none of the members of the band were ever really friends, which is interesting. He says that uh, the first time I met Wes Borland, he had ponytails and a girly half shirt on. He was playing in a band called Kronk and was like Les Claypool on guitar with a little Manson in there. So he joined and the other guys taught him the songs. I actually met Wes for the first time at our first gig. It was wild, but it worked. I made up vocals on the spot. We never took time to consider friendships. That wasn't part of it. It was just about the magic that happened when we were together. None of us were ever friends. Uh, he also talks about some of his musical influences. He says, I'm an early 80s hip hop kind of guy. When they came out, Cypress Hill and Wu-Tang were microphone masters. At the same time, I was listening to Napalm Death and Deicide. Plus, I was in the 80s new wave like Psychedelic Furs. And uh, I'm an effed up person with so many different emotions and shades of gray. It could never be just one style. Now, he talks about also in this interview the hate that Limp Bizkit would get. And he says, I've been treated like a piece of shit since I was born. Why would I start caring now? All the haters are shallow. I've always treated people good. I never start shit. I reacted a few times, but evolved. Like when you head into your 30s and go, ah, you learn not to be so reactive because you can't take back what you've done. You can only use it as a learning experience. People always just want to talk about Britney or Christina. What's the problem? Because they make a type of music we aren't allowed to like? Or you think that we're the nemesis of what our music is about? Why segregate? Why be so musically effing racist? Why don't, uh, I mean, what do you mean I can't hang out with these types of people? Clearly, I didn't give an F, uh, which fed a lot of it too. I mean, someone that's not going to go in and apologize, it's going to make people carry on talking. And he talks about how money affected him when he became famous. He said, I never had any money in my life, and now I can buy everybody. I can buy them beer. I can pay for the tab. I can treat uh, everybody. That was just my thing. Treat this like it's all temporary. I'm getting paid to do this, so let's all have fun. And because our type of rock was kind of cheeky as well as aggressive, I ended up being around people like Steven Tyler or Hugh Hefner. I got thrown into that world, and those people, those were the people I was around. It was a unique time, crazy with paparazzi in LA. You couldn't go any place where the fun was without them being there. I didn't think about what other people might look at it. Uh, there was no book or mentor saying, hey, Fred, you got to remain super cool. Now we got to do things that make people like you. It was like I was on my own, and I always have been. 
Speaking about Lil Wayne, he says, uh, people would always be very surprised at how metal Lil Wayne is. He's a rocker, man. He's not going to alienate what he's known for, but the metal community would be surprised if they spent a day with him. We bonded while skating. Sometimes we'd never talk, just skate for hours, and eventually the dialogue came along. That's very cool to hear, folks. And Limp Biscuit, they get a lot of hate, but again, um, their fans must be somewhere. I've always loved Limp Biscuit. I don't care what anybody thinks. Those songs are bangers to this day. Those records hold up, and I hope they release Stampede of the Disco Elephants at some point in the very near future. All right, folks, that is all for now. Thanks so much for joining us again. If you want to support, you can subscribe with notifications on so you don't miss out on breaking news and updates. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you all very soon.